Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is an award-winning agent who has achieved great success in the real estate industry in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Between 2004 and 2018, he was in the top 4% of all real estate agents nationwide. And depending on the index use, he was in the top 1% of all real estate agents in Texas for numerous years. He is president of the Renaissance Group, which is a real estate brokerage consulting and publishing company in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He was presented with the McSam Award and named a Realtor of the Year in Dallas by the Dallas Builders Association 2015. And he is the past president of three years of the Board of the Frisco Arts Association, a nonprofit organization in Frisco, Texas. So let's welcome Sonny Moyers. How are you doing today, Sonny? I'm doing great, Victor. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you on. And I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up uh, becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I was kind of thrown into it. I was in college at Abilene Christian University. I was on the football team, and I happened to be married with a small child. And I was, uh, quite frankly, not doing too well financially. And I needed to find additional income uh, while I was in school. And so I had an opportunity to meet a gentleman named W.R. Dick Kendrick, who owned an apartment complex. And after just a short period of time, he offered me the position of manager. I was 20 years old and didn't even know how to balance a checkbook, but I found myself in real estate and I found myself uh, working for Mr. Kendrick as an independent contractor managing his apartment complex. So I was thrown into it at a very young age and uh, quite frankly, uh, was not prepared for it, but I learned a great deal on the job. And I would say that um, from that point forward, I've always looked at owning my own business and doing my own my own thing. Got it. So basically, uh, you at the time you were in college, uh, you married, had a small kid, and you needed to do something. And uh, you met this guy, W.R. Kendrick, and he owned a comp- apartment complex. And he actually uh, offered you the job as a manager at the age of 20. So um, you might ask you a couple of questions. Number one, how big was that complex and how was it? Because I can imagine being a 20-year-old, that's that's got to be, that could probably be very overwhelming for someone who's 20 years old. But And I assume there was a lot of learning on the job. But I'm sure, and from what you told me, it from that day on, you wanted to be your own boy, being your own entrepreneur. So can you talk a little bit more about your experience being a manager? Of the complex? Yeah, sure. I was actually playing football at Abilene Christian University, and Mr. Kendrick uh, owned apartment complex. He owned shopping centers. He owned. He was in real estate business, Kendrick Realty and Associates. And he later asked me to become a real estate agent for him because he thought the connection with my school and being a football player would be important. And so I became an agent and started working for him in the summers selling uh, homes and that's how I got my license and got into real estate. And, you know, I believe a great deal in, in something called intuitive thinking. Now, I don't know why Mr. Kendrick would hire me to manage his 28-unit apartment complex. It's a small complex, but uh, he had had a lot of problems with managers in the past. But he asked me to take over the project, and I was able to make it very successful. And 
he didn't give me much guidance in training. I just had to kind of learn on the job. There was no training program. And, uh, but Mr. Kendrick taught me, a, he was from Georgia, had a very thick Southern draw and was a very brilliant man, wealthy and brilliant. And he uh, taught me a great deal about real estate and business in general. So I had a great mentor to start out with. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Uh, mentors are so important to be successful in just about any industry. And it's good you had a really successful, wealthy, and knowledgeable mentor in Mr. Kendrick. And um, he allowed you to work for him during the summers. And um, you, and, you know, and then you became a real you became a real estate agent working during the summers. And so I guess from then on, that's really, really the start of your real estate journey, which you've been doing the last uh, several decades. Um, so to tell me, so uh, how long did you work then, then um, and, you know, doing real estate there somewhere? And what did you, how long did you do it? And then I guess you went off on your own, you know, doing real estate for yourself. Am I correct? Well, what happened was after I graduated from college with an undergraduate degree in management and a minor in communications, I later went back and got my degree in uh, psychology a master's degree in psychology. But I, as I started out that, I went to work for a very large corporation. I, I think they prepared me with some fundamental skills and knowledges, uh, Southwestern Bell Telephone Company in the marketing and sales department. And from that point forward, I was always looking at being in my own business. And that caused me after a few years and leaving uh, Southwestern Bell Telephone, it caused me to start my own consulting firm. And so I traveled the world. I started out with a niche market in a very small industry where I very quickly became uh, an international consultant. I consulted in 20 different countries, made hundreds of presentations all over the world on sales and marketing concepts and theory. And I also applied the psychology principles, uh, many psychology principles to the way I worked. But I think my book that I've written is about how to get into business. And that's why an entrepreneur who reads my book would benefit because it starts out, you know, the, the National Association of Realtors has about a million five hundred thousand members and a very high percentage of those people in real estate don't make the money that the world thinks they make. They're not nearly as, as profitable as people think they are. In fact, many of them, uh, the first two years that they're in real estate fail. And I, I wanted to do something with my book that would help people be more successful. And so I started out with a fundamental concept, and that is that you must have a business model. And in order to have a business model, you have to be able to visualize what that business model is. And most people who go into a, a business as an entrepreneur start out with a lot of strikes against them. First, they don't really have necessarily the skill sets to run a business. They may be great in a particular area, but they don't necessarily have the skill sets to run a business. And in fact, they go into the business without a plan. And that plan usually involves, first of all, establishing a visualization of what you plan to do and what you, what you want to do with whom and how you're going to make money. But probably the most important thing is in real estate, how are you different from other people? You know, there's 3 million real estate, licensed real estate agent in the United States. If you look at the population of the United States, that's a lot of people with very, there's very few people for every agent. And so there's a lot of misconceptions about being in real estate. And most people go into real estate without a plan, without the ability to visualize a plan. And that's what my book is about. It's laying, how do you build a real estate practice? How do you build a practice that will sustain through many years? Well, entrepreneurs often go into business without a plan. 
They don't have an idea of what they're going to do, how they're going to differentiate themselves. And they just have an idea. And a, a great man, that I, a mentor that I know, said to me one day, Sonny, there's lots of people with a lot of ideas, but there's a lot of people that are short on execution of how to do it. And so I think my book is a guidebook, a reference manual of sort to a person who wants to be an entrepreneur in the real estate professional services field, any field related to real estate, like mortgage banking, like financial planning. So anyone who's going to start their own business has to start out with a much better plan for what they intend to do and how they intend to accomplish it. Yeah, that makes uh, a lot of sense. And uh, you're right. Most people, and I know this, but I, I don't think most people listening are aware of the fact that most people in real estate don't really make a lot of money. And you mentioned most of them fail in the first couple of years. And most of them don't have a business model, uh, you know, a, a sort of business plan. And and I think the one of the important things about it is it sets a proper foundation. And if you don't have a proper foundation for your house and you build the house, it's going to it's going to fall down. Same thing with your business. You have the proper foundation and having the plan is, is important. And visualizing is extremely important. A lot of people don't realize the importance of visualizing visualization because your mind cannot tell the difference between a real event or a uh and imagine so you can imagine this plan and you know you know working being successful it, it could definitely help a lot and i'm trying to remember that 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 uh that phrase is like if you if you fail you don't plan to fail but if you fail to plan you will fit you know you will fail you know so a lot of people they they don't sure. plan it but you don't have that they don't plan to fail but because they fail because they don't have a plan something to that effect and uh and you mentioned it, interesting. Very few people. There are very few people for each ages. So that means there's a lot of competition out there, which is which makes the having that proper business plan extremely important. And you mentioned lots. There are a lot of people, a lot of ideas, but they're short on ex execution. Now, why do you think that's the case? Why is it that so many people have ideas, but they you know they fail to execute on those ideas? Well, m many people go grow up or work in an environment that you might call a a, a pathway. Uh, in marketing or a pathway in management or a pathway in communications or uh, technology. <clears throat> and they believe that starting their own business <clears throat> is about what they have their experience in. And that's not the case at all. Owning your own business is a multidisciplined uh, requirement. You have to know not only technology, you have to know marketing and management. You have to know financial aspects of how to manage the business how to run the business to profitability. And so a lot of people jump into a venture or an idea of a business without the proper <clears throat> knowledge or resources to help them in those areas where they aren't experts. And even though someone might be very talented in a particular area, that doesn't mean that they understand all the facets of what you have to have to be successful in real estate or financial planning or whatever the case might be. And so my book really talks a lot about how do you under, understand underlying concepts called keystone concepts. And those concepts prepare you to lay the groundwork to build a, a practice of some type. And that understanding those key concepts, and most importantly, is understanding the concept of resource scarcity. And resource scarcity is something that most people don't recognize. They don't realize that they're not going to have enough resources to do everything. And for that reason, they need really to work on what are the highest probability, the highest, most likely profitable things they can do in a short period of time to create cash flow so that they can fund the business. 
most people run out of money before they get to the point that they've had a chance to learn the business. And so one of the challenges is people go into business without an understanding of the urgency of devoting a significant amount of time early on. Now, if they haven't learned the disciplines that are to be required to be successful as an entrepreneur, then when they go into the business, they tend to, to squander the resources that they have, flailing about, looking for solutions. If they had had a business plan, if they had had the, the visualization of what was most important to create the most income in the shortest period of time, they could have created the cash flow to allow them to survive long enough to be successful in business. And the result of not having that, that backing and that money, most people think it costs very little to go into real estate or financial planning. It actually costs a lot more than they think. Got it. No, no. Thanks for sharing that. And, and Let me give you another statistic, Victor, sure. if you don't mind. Sure. Of these 1,520,000 agents with National Association of Realtors, which is the survey group that I used to write the book, $50,000. All right. Now, that's a scary number, isn't it? $250,000, only 4%. Mm-hmm. 31% of those people, 1,520,000 people, were thinking about whether or not they should be in business in the next two years. That tells you that a lot of people jumped into business without being prepared, doesn't it? It tells yeah. you that they really mm-hmm. got in there and they didn't have the resources and they didn't have enough time and enough resources to carry them over long enough to develop the essential skills. And those essential skills, you know, a lot of people believe that if you're highly charismatic, if you have a great personality, and many people say to someone, you know, you've got a great personality, Victor, you'd be great in real estate. Well, that doesn't mean they'd be successful in real estate, because unless they have a charisma and a personality that is so great that they can overcome the negatives of what we've been talking about, they're probably not going to be successful. Yet they'll look around and find someone who is charismatic who is brilliant in many ways, and someone who just has the natural ability to be successful. And that gives them a look at something that they think they can be, whether they can or not. So a person has to go in uh, to doing their own entrepreneurial uh, uh, business, whatever it might be, with an open mind about what their limits are of their capabilities and what resources they would need to supplement their limited resources that they have so that they can get the skills and the, and the knowledge to be able to run and operate a small business. Many people can be successful in doing something, but not necessarily in all, all the other things that are necessary to sustain profitability. No, definitely. You know, you've definitely made some really, really good points there. And you mentioned owning a business multidisciplinary. You got to wear a lot of different hats. It's like you're not just one good at one thing, but when you work for someone else, yeah, you can focus on one thing. But when you have your own business, like you mentioned, there are like five, six, seven different hats. And, um, and a lot of people are not aware. They don't plan on that. And they think they only have to know one thing. And that's absolutely not true. And you mentioned resource scarcity. You know, you're not going to have enough resources to do everything. So you got to figure what are the most important things to do immediately that will get you enough cash flow. And a lot of people don't don't spend enough time. Even after they've been in business for a few years, it's like the 80-20 rule. You got to focus on the, the the 20% of things you do that gets you the 80% of your business. And a lot of in the people, shortest period of time. Exactly. You're, you're, you're burning through your cash. You're burning through your ability to survive. So the longer you take to do the things that are most important. So people come into a business and start their own business and they think, I don't know quite know what to do. 
So I'll just do something. Well, that's a big mistake because doing something that's not targeted and is not going to produce revenue in a short period of time will limit your ability to survive. Yeah. Yeah, one, absolutely. Thing that, one other thing that people don't realize is that in real estate and in many of these businesses, the, 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 you have to be able to survive with a, a relationship, must be able to survive closing. It must be able to survive the closing of a sale. Okay? Social conditioning has conditioned the American people to the concept that you meet someone, you get to know them a little bit, you find out about what their needs are. You, you tell them how you can satisfy the needs. You close a sale and then it's over. Basically, you, they go on down the road. For real estate and financial planning and all of these kinds of professional services companies are based upon the concept of the law of the few. The law of the few coined by Malcolm Gladwell in one of his books talks about how important it is to recognize that a few people may represent the nucleus of the business that you create. And if you can't create business from those few people, well, one of the key things to doing that is to have a consultative approach and a collaborative approach rather than a product sales oriented approach. And a lot of real estate people believe, our financial planning people believe that in fact, some financial planners even call their services that they offer products. They believe that you're selling something and you're not, you're, you're solving problems. You're providing solutions to problems. And th that's why a client will continue to come back to you again and again over a period of 15 or 20 years. So this conditioning of people thinking, just keep in mind, the consumer believes they need to buy a house, they need to buy a car, they need to set up an IRA or something of that nature. And when it's done, they don't realize that you're thinking about a 15 or 20 year relationship. They think that you've done your job, you did it quite well, and thank you very much. Let's go on down the road. The person who's working to get those clients has to sell them on the concept or the idea that they will be there for them as a valued resource, pro providing solutions to problems over a long period of time. And that's where people so many times think, you make a sale, it's done. Instead of, you make a sale, now I want to find out how I can get that person to refer me to their friends, their family, and their sphere of influence. And if you can't get them to open the doors to their contacts, to their sphere of influence, then the revenue that you can generate from that client is very minimal. You have to have them trust you enough to do that. And that's in my book, I talk about building relationships. My book is not about making a million dollars overnight. It's not about how to write a real estate contract. It's about how do you build a business that's sustainable over a long period of time and produce significant income over a long period of time, such as 20 years. Yeah, and that's something very important, you know, the customer lifetime value. Like you said, people only look, a lot of people just look at the closing sale and that's it. But if you just focus on that, you're very limited. You know, it's like, maybe you, you don't love, you mentioned build relationships, it's so important. You know, you can have a long-term relationship with this customer. You can get other business from down the road and also ask for referrals from their friends and their family. Because if you don't do that, um, you're limiting how much you can get from that client. But if you, you expand it, you can make a lot more money from the relationship you have with the customer. Not, not enough people build relationships and show them that you can solve problems for them. You can be a long-term solution for them in other aspects as well. Because people always have problems to solve. You can solve those problems for them. You can definitely do very well. So 
Yeah, a lot of people don't have that long-term outlook, which is what you were just talking about. They have a short-term focus there. And I guess so much of this instant gratification, I got to do this quickly, but they don't look at how how can I really expand this long-term. And uh, long-term thinking can make you a lot more money. And relationships is one of the best ways to do that. And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't see the compound effect of building relationships. So you definitely share some really good stuff there, uh, Sonny. Um, well, thank you, Victor. And let me point out one quick thing. You know, the relationship between you and I is a good example of this. If I can provide your audience great benefit and value, and they can get benefit from this conversation rather than just someone talking about their book or what they're doing, then they will want to listen to your podcast and they'll want to hear me again. But if I can't provide benefit and value to them and to you by doing this, then there's very little chance of an ongoing relationship. And the same thing is true in almost any client relationship. You know, the 80-20 rule, which you brought up just a few minutes ago, was very important. 20% of your customers are going to provide you with 80% of your revenue. Okay? And 80% of your clients are going to provide you with 20% of your revenue. Now, that 80-20 rule is consistent throughout almost everything. We did a quick look at 10 years of our income. and We traced back where that money came from, where those sales and transactions came back came from. And we found out that in real estate, in our real estate practice, 15 people represented 80% of the revenue that we brought in because of them and their referrals, okay? If you can't get a client or a customer to, to be wanting to help you be successful, if you, don't, if you can't do a good enough job to have them want to send their, their friends to you, to want to create, help you be successful, then it's going to be very difficult to sustain yourself over a long period of years through various changes in income, various changes in the economy and situations that, that you don't know what's going to happen. And so that's why being an entrepreneur is a whole lot more about preparing to be an entrepreneur than it is about jumping into something, burning through your resources before you're ready, and then you're out of money and you have to go back and take a job someplace. So preparation is the key, and that's where my book really provides the guidelines and the groundwork for how to prepare yourself to create a real estate practice or some other professional services practice that would allow someone to build a business that can sustain itself over time. And that starts with who are you going to sell to? Why are they going to choose you? Where are they? And that's the business model. And then from the business model, you develop the marketing plan. Most people develop a marketing plan before they have a business model. And as a result, they spend a whole bunch of money on things that are not going to drive them to achievement of their goals and objectives. And they squander their resources. And that's why resource allocation to proper things that are going to result in the most income over the shortest period of time is the key. No, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, too many people focus on the marketing plan before they focus on setting up the business model. They waste a lot of money for no reason whatsoever. And it's wasted. And, and preparation is key. So... And you're definitely giving us a lot of golden nuggets today, Sonny. I appreciate that. Um, next thing I want to ask, um, you know, just uh, maybe another question about real estate, because, you know, you know, some of the people listening want to learn more about real estate. Um, you know, it's, you know, if people, you know, you share some things about getting started. Um, can you share any other things like, you know, when people getting, if someone's interested in getting started about real estate, what are some of the things they should be aware of? Obviously, you know, setting up the business plan, visualize, are there any other things they need to be aware of, especially like the first couple of years? Because as you mentioned, 
it's during those first couple of years, a lot of people failed, they quit and they leave the industry. So I'm assuming if they're able to get through the first two, three or four years and they get things going, they're much more likely to stay in real estate for the long term. Am I correct about that? Or are there other factors as well? Well, there's other factors as well. But if you can't survive for two years, then you're you're doomed anyway, because you have to make enough money to be able to live and sustain yourself and grow the business. And as a result, the time is not your friend. Uh, and so when you go into the business, you have to start producing results right away. People think if I can get a sale in the first six months, well, in the first months, they've burned a lot of cash. And in that time frame, they may have gone through all of their ability to survive. So how do you get started? Well, the first thing you do is you decide who is your client base targeting who you want to sell to. And most importantly, I'll just give you a quick analysis, a quick analogy here. I met with an agent recently that had four years of experience and they had made some money over the years. They had made enough money to stay in the business, but they were languishing. They weren't happy with where they were going. And I asked him some very simple questions. The first thing I said to them was, do you have a business model? And they said, I don't even know what that is. The second thing I said, I want you, there are a million five hundred and twenty thousand agents. Now in the city of Dallas, the Dallas metropolitan area, there are thousands of real estate agents. There's probably one agent for every 50 or 60 people. In my neighborhood, which I live in, it's a very nice neighborhood in the Dallas area, a suburb of the Dallas area. There are 55 agents that live in my neighborhood. And my neighborhood has about 1,400 homes. So if you figure out how many agents are, how, and my question I ask people is this, what are the three things that are going to make you different from the other 200 agents that a person could interview? And if they can't tell me, then I know that they're in trouble. Okay? You, you, it's important to be good. It's important to be great in real estate. But you have to be noticed because the client will never choose you if you're not noticed. And that goes back to the marketing plan. Many people go into real estate and they think if they just do something that they will create results. No, it's not just do something. You have to do specific things that cause the marketing, the client base that you choose to be in to choose you, to choose you, okay? And that means they have to see the reason to choose you over 54 other people who live in their same neighborhood who are also out there marketing and doing things, okay? You have to be able to be noticed above all else. And if you can't, now I don't mean noticed because you're odd. I don't mean noticed because you're, you're, you're freaky or something. I mean noticed because you're noticeable and it's important, you're highly professional. One of the concepts in my book is that professionalism is synonymous with value. If you can't demonstrate your value with highly being highly professional, understanding your marketplace, and if you can't show the person that you are, you have skill sets that are better than the other people. If you can't do that by demonstrating proficiency. So a lot, a lot of people go into real estate and the first thing they do is they decide they want to get designations. I want to be designated as an expert in senior living. I want to be I want to be an expert in relocation. And they spend a lot of money getting designations. Now designations are certainly valuable, okay? But they're not as valuable as being able to demonstrate proficiency to a prospect so that the person says, "I see a difference between this agent and the other five agents I've spoken to this week." And that's why they choose you. No, definitely. One of the keystone concepts is demonstrating proficiency. Another one is professionalism is synonymous with value. Yeah. 
there's another concept that I talk about in the book. We're all familiar with the term affirmation, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Self-affirmation is a big popular buzzword. And it basically has to deal with affirming your own value, your own benefit, okay? And making yourself feel better about who you are. That's generally what it's thinking about. But let me make a point to you. Victor, if I can get you a client to write a letter about me saying how great I am, then you affirm your belief in me. And psychologically, you're more committed to me than you would be if you didn't write the letter. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can get you to stand up in front of a crowd and say something great about me, and you've also written a letter, then your affirmation of me is going to be significant compared to you not standing up in front of a crowd and saying something or not writing a letter about me and how great I am, okay? When you write the letter, you start to believe it more so than you would if you didn't write the letter. And when you stand up in front of a crowd and say to people, Sonny Moyers is a great real estate agent or author, when they do that, that reaffirms their belief in you and that creates client loyalty and that creates referrals and future business. So when you have a few clients, you better get them to talk nicely about you. And you better get them to write a good letter about you. If I'm successful successful in what I'm doing here today, then when we end this call, you will say, that was a great interview, and I want this guy to come back. Mm -hmm. Definitely. A lot of great stuff there. I love the stuff about the affirmations and saying, you know, how what a great person, how great value you have. You know, show your skill sets are better than others. Get you know, designations are good, but not as valuable as showing proficiency and differentiate yourself from all the other ones. So you mentioned you have fifty-five agents in your neighborhood. How are you going to differentiate yourself from the others? You have to, you know, three ways you're better than everyone else. Because if you can't show it, you're going to fail. So definitely some good stuff. Now, so again, can, can, the- can I talk briefly about copycat marketing? Yeah, sure. Okay, and I'm I'm taking a little bit longer. I appreciate your patience. Mm-hmm. Most agents go into business without a thorough understanding of how they're going to market and how they're going to be different. And as a result, they look at another agent that's out there and they copy their their marketing. And when they copy their marketing, they make themselves look like the other agent because they're using the same messages, the same printing, the same concepts in whatever they're mailing, whatever they're sending, emails, whatever it is. Okay. Now, copycat marketing is very self-destructive because it makes everybody ubiquitous. And when everybody is ubiquitous, there's no difference between one agent and another. And as a result, the client obviously says, I want the cheapest agent because they think they're all the same. Okay. So you have to be able to stand out and be different. And you're probably familiar with the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yep. If an agent is just good, there's a whole bunch of good agents. They better be great. They better be great enough to be noticed. And that's not just appearance. It's not just if your marketing has to be distinct, it has to be unique, and it has to be different. And there's a lot of people who think that technology is the secret to success in real estate. And I can tell you that technology is very important in real estate, but the secret to success in real estate is personal contact, reaching out and connecting with people in a relationship that's special, a relationship where they trust you and see you as a problem-solving consultant, not as a product salesperson. When they see you as a product salesperson, you become ubiquitous with all the other product salespeople that are in the marketplace. Yeah, So the consultative approach is key, and the collaborative approach, which recognizes the individual client's personality, self-esteem, and needs. And this is where the psychology comes to in my book, which I talk about a great deal. 
Awesome. I definitely agree. Personal relationships are key. I love the book, Good to Great. And I love the point you mentioned about copycat marketing. If you just self-destructive, you just do what everyone else does. No one's going to differentiate from anyone else and they're going to go with the cheapest price. So definitely great stuff. Listen, Sonny, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was a real pleasure having you on. You shared a lot of great value, a lot of great tips, a lot of right. golden nuggets. I learned a lot. And I know people who are listening to this interview are going to learn a lot as well. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, Sonny, what is the best way for them to contact you? Well, they can Google Sonny Moyers Realtor and they'll get all kinds of results. But if they go to SonnyMoyers.com, that's my real estate website, okay? And if they go to realestatebook.org, they can see my book. It's coming out in this month, this December, this coming month. And it will be out by, it's in, Ingram Spark, it's the publisher. It'll be printed and be available toward the end of the month. And it's a book that is a textbook style book. It's not a short read. It's a, it's a complex book with a lot of concepts like we've talked about today. It's a lot more than fluff. It's a lot of things that you can really use to build your business. And it applies to all professional services businesses. It applies to other businesses too, but mainly to professional services businesses. And I just wanted to let you know, Victor, this has been a great pleasure. I appreciate your patience with me. I appreciate you letting me talk and giving me the opportunity to help people, okay? Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that, Sonny. And again, it was a real pleasure having you on. Really enjoyed our uh, conversation today. Have yourself a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.